But why didn't the Democrats swoop in and save Kevin McCarthy? That's what, that's what I don't understand. I don't understand why he couldn't find five or six or seven blue dog Democrats who could swoop in and save the speakership. Think about all of the possible deals he could have made with Democrats. Secret deals that you and I don't get to know about that would never have been published. Think about the negotiations which could have been happening behind the scenes. He could have sold the farm. I don't know why he didn't do that. Or maybe he tried. Yahoo News put out a piece today entitled, Why Didn't Democrats Rescue Speaker McCarthy? Kevin McCarthy, by the way, you know this already. He was ousted. Why wasn't his ouster averted? Is my question. January 6th is their answer. After the deadly riot at the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021, started by a pro-Trump mob intending to overturn the 2020 election, McCarthy seemed to acknowledge that a dangerous line had been crossed. Trump, quote, bears responsibility for the riot, he told House Republicans, after the failed insurrection. Okay, I, before we even go on, the after the deadly riot, yes, it was a deadly riot because the government shot someone. At the Capitol on January 6, 2021, started by a tro, pro-Trump mob. Was that really a mob? It was pretty peaceful. I knew people who were there. It's not a mob. It's a collection of vote harder boomers intending to overturn the 2020 election. Overturn? Or straighten it out? What are you talking about overturn? McCarthy seemed to acknowledge that a dangerous line had been crossed after the failed insurrection. Oh, you're going to see an insurrection one of these days. In these United States, I predict that I will live to see an actual insurrection, and people will look back at January 6th like that was child's play. This is just boomers with MAGA hats standing around at the, at the Capitol building. Complaining. Apparently, by the way, uh, I just spoke to a priest who was there, actually there, uh, over the weekend. And I didn't know he was there. And he was telling me that um, the... The mood of the crowd was pretty serene, peaceful. You know, people were like, hey, we miss you, Trump. We can't believe this is happening. This is They're stealing it from you. Won't you do something about it? And when he said there was a, a definite turn in the character of the mob, there was a definite uh, pivot. Once it became clear that Trump was just going to give up. Once it became clear that he just wasn't really going to fight it. He only wanted them there as some kind of political stunt or to send a message. They felt like they were being used. That is when the minds of a few of them turned and they said to themselves, well, if he's 
not going to fight for his own presidency, then what are, what the heck are we even doing here? So there was there was a demoralizing moment when it do, when it did become clear to the folks on the ground there that Trump just wasn't going to do anything about the stolen 2020 election. And this priest who was there, I trust him, uh, was relaying the fact that, yeah, some people said, okay, well, let's go inside the Capitol, and he didn't. He was like, yeah, that's probably a bad idea. I, I, I probably better just kind of go home. He said he met the guy with the horns. The guy with the horns saw him in his cassock and said, hey, Father, how are you doing? Seemed like a normal guy. Had no idea that the guy with the horns was actually <laughs> going to go inside and do the photo ops. He was escorted in by the police, of course. This uh, this angry, violent mob was was just ushered inside. Oh, go this way. No, 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 go this way. Oh, okay, great. The article continues, but he changed his mind after a visit, he being McCarthy, changed his mind about January 6th after a visit to Mar-a-Lago three weeks later. McCarthy believes it's in his interest to be on Trump's good side, political reported at the time. By the way, just being summoned to Mar-a-Lago by the former president does not mean that somebody's mind about an issue gets changed. And speaking of January 6th, I have to relate to you a very weird story for me personally. So there's this guy who I know was military intelligence at one point. I don't know what he was doing on January 6th, 2021. I have no idea what his day job was. I had lost track of him since we were cadets together in school. He reached out to me on LinkedIn. I still have the messages. And his messages were, I, I, I barely even have any recollection of knowing who this guy was from our cadet days. But I looked at his LinkedIn profile and could tell that he was former military intelligence of some kind. Army, I think. And he reached out to me on LinkedIn and said, Hey, Mike, I see that you have developed a pretty large following. And at the time, that was true. I was doing regular podcasting on Restoring the Faith Media. The rundown was, was sort of peaking in its, in its importance because we, alongside with the King Dude, I think we're the only two Catholic news organizations that saw right through the scandemic from the beginning and called it out for what it was. King Dude was breaking news about it. I was breaking news about it. Some of the news I think that I broke, which was significant, was the bailouts to the Catholic Church. The hush money, the $3.5 billion, Sprinkled around via PPP loans and other grants. The King Dude was busy cataloging every single day all of the inconsistencies, irregularities, and hypocrisies with the scamdemic. 
You have to wear a mask when you walk around in the restaurant, but when you sit down, you can take it off because COVID only spreads it's at an altitude of six foot off the ground. Once you're three foot off the ground, COVID is no longer transmissible. You have to wear a mask uh, if you're going to stand in line, but if you're going to peacefully protest, i.e. tear cities apart, you don't have to wear a mask. You have to social distance, you have to keep apart, but unless you're expressing your First Amendment rights under the law to tear your neighbor's buildings apart because of St. George Floyd, etc., etc., etc. So, by the time we got to January of 2021... I was probably reaching, I don't know, 10 or 20 or 30,000 people a week. Mostly in the United States, but throughout the Anglosphere. And this guy reached out to me and was like, hey, we're planning a rally on January 6th. Would you like to come? And I looked at it and I thought, well, I don't know. I've been, I had been traveling a lot. I had been working on some things. This was, this was before Christine Nazi Niles had entered my life. I was still working on film stuff. Doing a lot of traveling, doing a lot of pitching, doing a lot of producing. And I just, I, I just didn't have it in me. I just didn't have it in me. First of all, I didn't care that much about the Trump-Biden thing because by that point I had realized that they're just going to steal no matter what. There's nothing anybody can do about it. And number two, January 6th is a high feast day in the traditional Roman Catholic calendar. It's the Feast of the Epiphany. And I wanted to be home with my children I wanted to give them their epiphany gifts and hear mass and solemnly, uh, you know, conclude that the 12 days of Christmas, Christmas tide continues until February 2nd, which is Candlemas. So you still get almost another full month of Christmas tide. But Christmas, the season, concludes on January 6th. This is when the, uh, the, the, the three kings made their journey to adore our Lord. They made a two-year journey in 12 days, miraculously, the three holy kings. Um, so I, I declined, and I said, well, I don't think I can make it. He persisted. He said, listen, I'll pay for your flight. We'll put you up in a hotel room. We just think that you should cover it. Bring your podcasting stuff. We want you to cover January 6th. I said, who's we? He said, I run security detail for Sydney Powell. She wants you there. We're looking for good American conservatives with cameras to be there to cover it. Ladies and gentlemen, I was propositioned probably by a federal agent who was begging me to come to January 6th, because I have a conservative podcast, or had an active one at the time, I don't really, RTF is kind of sitting in a limbo state right now, I'm very busy, I make time for the king dude, I'm because he called, and he asked, and I said yes, I make time for you, 
at the Crusade Channel. I love doing this. I love the hour of live radio every day. But I don't make much time as a result for like for for uh, uh, restoring the faith media. At the time, I was doing that a couple times a week. I was doing about five hours a week because I would do two hour shows a couple times a week. This is much more structured, more regular, more predictable. I like this format. I love I love being with you every morning at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. I love the fact that the King Dude has built a safe place for counter-revolutionaries, for reactionaries, to speak our, our minds. Even if we, and, and here's the beautiful part, I know that uh, the King Dude doesn't agree with all, some of my hot takes, and he never reaches out and says, hey, don't say that. He never once, never has come out and said, hey, you can't say that here. We can have gentlemanly disagreements. And I admire that about uh, the King Dude. So I, I'm, I'm much happier spending my time here with you uh, than, than doing the whole YouTube thing and trying to censor your words and, you know, going, being, a, being a one-man show. Now... I was propositioned because I, 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 my, the one-man show was doing well in 2021. I believe that it was a federal agent pretending to be a former friend. A, a classmate who, who, who's desperately trying to entrap somebody like me to show up to January 6th to the Capitol and do something dumb. I think that's what the game was. I think that's exactly what... And and the only reason... Uh, two reasons why I didn't go. It wasn't like... I didn't have a spidey sense of like... Oh, this is, this is, a, this is a false flag operation... That I'm getting tricked into. I wasn't, I, I, I wasn't smart enough or intuitive enough at the time... To think that... This was a sophisticated deep state operation to which I had just been personally invited. <laughs> no, the two reasons I didn't go was number one, it's Christmas tide. And number two, I was just tired. I couldn't imagine getting on a plane and going over to Washington, D.C. for a stupid rally. I think even we were we had planned a uh, we had planned a trip later that week to go down to our cabin and we were just trying to lay low that week. Well, boy am I glad that I was tired on the week of January 6th in 2021 because here's the thing about mobs. And this is something that I think all of us really need to be careful of. Because those of us who are here and awake and listening to the Crusade Channel, those of us who are around, we have to know ourselves. We need to know our own 
limits. We need to know our own weaknesses. Those of us who have had the courage to listen to the Crusade Channel, to show up to the Crusade Channel conferences, events, congresses, etc. We're the ones who get thrown out of Costco for not wearing the Fauci diaper. We're the ones who got fired from our jobs for not taking the Fauci vaccine. The Fauci ouchie. I used to call it the Fauci ouchie on YouTube when I had to censor my language. We are the ones who withstood an enormous amount of social pressure, political pressure, financial pressure, psychological warfare. We are the ones who endured. That means that we are the strong personalities. 